Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bum, 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 bum. The NFL is back. The Bucks are back, baby. That's right. Rookies reported on Monday. Today, it will be the full squad, the veterans, Jason Light, the Bucks GM, Todd Bowles, their head coach, is going to begin talking with some select players at around 9 a.m. this morning. Um, we're back. Football's back, man, and it's back in Tampa Bay. And I have no idea what's going to happen, but we're going to be breaking it down for you here all year long. Little news on Monday, I said the rookies reported Cody Mock, the uh, guard, he's going to be a play guard. He played tackle in college, but the guard from North Dakota State Uh, became the last of their eight draft picks to sign with the team. This is sort of, these rookie deals are slotted, to be honest with you. There's not really much negotiation that can occur um, since many years ago they went to what is sort of a rookie salary pool, if you will, and based on how many players you draft and where they're drafted, um, a certain amount of money is allocated for that, that rookie pool. And so he was the last guy, so basically you take what's left, which turned out to be, uh, four years and about $7.48 million. Um, pretty good money, I mean, but still, it's a four-year deal for a, what, what they hope will be a starting offensive uh, guard for them um, at, at left guard, and we'll see how that goes. But uh, he's the last guy um, to come in and, and sign. Uh, today, it'll be the veterans' turns, and we will. If, if, if by the time you hear this podcast, you may already know, so I'll just say up front that you know there's a number of players – um, they'll get the doctor's uh, sort of opinions from the physicals. Everybody has to come in and take a physical before they can be released for contact. or There's not contact, but released to participate in training camp. Um, not sure where these players will be. Um, Shaq Barrett, of course, is one of them coming off the Achilles. He was running um, the last time we saw him around June 15th or so. Uh, don't know if he's quite cleared yet to you know to participate when on on day one remember a year ago uh chris godwin was was coming off the uh, torn knee ligaments and he started training camp uh i I don't i can't remember if he was on pup i'm not sure if he was physically unable to perform but he was kept out of drills and then slowly he would you know he participated in some one-on-ones and then eventually moved up to seven on sevens and 11 on 11s and he started week one against dallas i think that barrett and I, I have, I'm as I do this, I'm not sure what his situation is right now. But I think that that, that Barrett will be probably targeted, and and I think it's a fair goal that he could play at Minnesota in the season opener September 10th, which would be uh, remarkable. And of course, we haven't talked to Shaq Barrett with um, you know the tragedy that befell his family in May, losing his two year old daughter to a drowning accident. Um, his wife Jordana is now pregnant uh, again. Uh, with another baby girl, which is uh, phenomenal news. Um, but we'll have a chance to catch up with him, I would think, at some point uh, during this training camp. So we don't know about him. Uh, Russell Gage is another guy that missed all of OTAs and the mandatory mini camp uh, with a kind of an undisclosed injury. I think it's some kind of leg injury. Uh, of course, he missed 
I don't know what four games last year uh, with some with some stuff. Uh, that his biggest thing is just to stay healthy. He was really productive in the red zone when he got back, but you know when you when you come to a new team and there's a lot of expectations and you can't stay on the field, it's tough, right? And so he took about a two million dollar, two or three million dollar pay cut to stay with his team uh, after he'd signed his uh, free agent deal. So we we got to see what his situation is. Ryan Jensen has has done non-contact stuff. Of course, he played in the final, uh, you know, playoff game a year ago. In, in um, I guess it would have been in January, but uh, didn't play very well. He had the th- the three knee ligaments about a year ago. In fact, second day of training camp, tore those three ligaments. Never had surgery. Uh, he's been, you know, doing stuff. But again, the first couple days, there's no contact. These these linemen aren't in pads. That's how he got hurt. Um, he was just sort of engaging with Vita Vea when, um, you know, they had an accident. Logan Hall fell across his knee and uh, and tore it up. So it, I think that he'll be a go at the start of this training camp. But when they put the pads on, how much contact he'll be cleared for, I would I would hope everything. But but I'm not really sure. And then you know, there's there's some other guys too that probably have some questions that'll pop up here and then. But we'll we'll update you with those um, as they you know as they happen on TampaBay.com. And, of course, uh, in the Tampa Bay Times, there's also uh, the young running back out of Syracuse. This guy wasn't drafted, would have been, um, but he had an undisclosed heart condition, and um, that was Sean Tucker. Uh, And and so he he was not participating in the offseason, but the goal was they believed he would be cleared for training camp. Uh, So he's another guy. So that's just a little bit of uh, kind of the news, uh, if you will, and the notes. And, and, um, you know, Steve, I'm anxious to see just what – I think I know Todd Bowles well enough after the, the years he's been here as a coordinator and now uh, as a head coach. Not sure what Jason Light will say, uh, but Todd Bowles, I think we've got a little bit of feel for him because he's been here as a defensive coordinator and, of course, the one year as a head coach. He's kind of repeated some things in the offseason uh, even after last season. Look, the, the expectations for every team – and you'll hear this. I think every team says, well, you know, the ultimate goal is to win the Super Bowl. That's what we're doing. Okay. And, and of course, when it was Tom Brady, you felt that what else would you be playing for, right? They, they were all in on signing guys and bringing guys in to do everything they can win. That is not the approach this year. They, they've taken those salary cap hits. Um, they've had to say goodbye to some players. And that's not to say that they don't still feel they can win the division because I think they do believe that. Uh, what's going to have to happen is they're going to have to sort of reestablish the culture that they built uh, without their leader, without Tom Brady. And, and that's difficult to do, even though, you know, and I've said this, I was on NFL Network um, the other morning, and I said, you know, the one thing you have to remember about these teams that have, you know, there's a lot of guys still on this football team that won a Super Bowl. And some of them were young players at the time, and now they're in their third or fourth year. And there's still a heartbeat of a champion there somewhere, right? So you got to tap into that. But many, many of your of your frontline players um, weren't here, you know. And guys you're going to be relying on they they weren't part of that. Now they've you know they've won the division, they've been in playoffs, some of them. Um, so there's some you know there's some carryover, and and I do think that like unlike a lot of organizations, and Baker Mayfield has spoken to this with continuity. And you could say, well, Bowles is only a second year head coach. 
but there was continuity with him on the staff and and and, and for the most part Arians says he you know Bruce Arians says he stepped aside um so that he could you know keep many of the pl- people that he hired on the staff and they did that for the first year and then Bowles made some sweeping changes at the end of his first season and so now you have um new faces right uh, especially in in big positions like Dave Canales and, and I think Steve the whole story of the off season and we'll be revisiting this this weekend we'll talk about it during the week we'll it'll be talked about today is going to be how soon and 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 what are the expectations for this quarterback competition. Um, I think most of us, we've talked about it ad nauseum, but it's going to be continued to be talked about. Uh, is it really um, as close as, as they would have us believe? If it is, that's, that's news, you know, and, and maybe they'll share that with us. I'm not sure. But, um, but, but Kyle Trask and, and, and Bigger Mayfield are going to continue to split reps, and that will go into the preseason. Will it be for all three preseason games? I'm not sure. You know, they have practices, uh, joint practices at New York or New Jersey, I should say, against the Jets and Aaron Rodgers uh, before the second preseason game. So that will be another a test of those quarterbacks against um, a very good Jets defense. And then, you know, I think we'll start to see finally, because so far the offseason has been about installation, right? New system. Um, instead of scripting plays, they um, they actually just kind of go, you call it, sort of thing where, you know, Canales calls one play, the defense has to react to it, or the defense calls a look and the Canales' offense has to react to it. And that's what they're going to continue in training camp. It's not always done that way. A lot of times it's just scripted. You know, we're running this play, then this play, and then this play on certain downs and distances. Um, so they're trying to do it like game-like situations. But now it's the evaluation is about who can produce, right? Now you better know it coming in. You know, Baker Mayfield – and, and Kyle Trask better have this system down. And now it's about how do you look, right? You're going to evaluate every tape, every throw. And they did that in the off season to some degree, but you look at it with a discerning eye when you're installing stuff versus, okay, we're getting ready for Minnesota. So I think it's going to be fascinating because there hasn't been one of these competitions since when, I mean, Josh Freeman and Mike Glennon. I mean, how long ago has it been? I can't even remember. Well, unless you want to count Jameis and Fitzpatrick when they went back and forth. That's probably the closest one, yeah. And I think it was, of course, we knew that, uh, you know, we knew that Jameis wasn't available for three weeks. And so in that situation, Dirk Cutter just said, look, Ryan Fitzpatrick, we're getting him ready to play. He's our starter for the first three weeks and maybe beyond. And Jameis will have to lead from behind. He's going to be taking backup reps. So they didn't even try to really split the reps as much as Jameis just had to take a back seat to Fitzpatrick because they were preparing – uh, to play the Saints and did and beat him, upset him in New Orleans, and he went on that three-game run where he threw for over 400 yards the first three games and four touchdowns. So, um, but yeah, that's the last sort of controversy, if you will, or 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 competition of some kind. And of course, we know how that turned out. Yeah, it was a mess. Yeah, well, and, and, of course. You know what you hope. Whether they decided initially, decided early in camp or late in camp, you hope that it doesn't cause problems. As you said, sure. If you're if you're giving two quarterbacks first team reps in camp, that means mm-hmm. each quarterback's getting less reps. That's and a, correct. A new offense, half as many. New mm-hmm. teammates. I mean, Kyle Trask doesn't throw to Mike Evans or Chris Godwin the nope. last two years. Nope. And Baker Mayfield obviously wasn't here. Didn't throw to any of those guys for the last two years. Mm-hmm. So everything is new. 
the new offense, do this. If you don't have your quarterback picked out early, it's less reps. Now, if it truly is that close of a competition and you need the time to decide who's going to be the best one, then you should take that time and do that. Mm-hmm. I personally don't believe it probably is that close. And I think Baker is the quarterback. It's just a matter of how quickly are they going to say, you're the quarterback, you got the first team reps. Go. Yeah, and I, and I don't know. That, I don't. Maybe they know. Maybe they don't know. Maybe they're going to want to see how it plays out. But I mean, it, you know, if you listen to to Dave Canales, um, you know, he he went through this in Seattle, and he makes comparisons to, you know, to Geno Smith and Drew Locke, and, and and to me, none of those really hold up because Geno hadn't played for six years, and Drew Locke had actually started a bunch of games in the NFL for Denver, um, and you know. You got a guy here in Kyle Trask that's attempted nine passes in his career. Uh, and, and you know, the last two years was operating under an entirely different system. I mean, the one thing that's even is that Mayfield and uh, Kyle are learning this offense at the same time. So, so there's not – neither one of them have a real big advantage, although I would submit to you that what Canales does with respect to movement, um, bootlegs and waggles and throwing on a run and pl- off-platform and stuff like that – that that would seem to favor Baker a little bit. Um, but you're right. I mean, I, I'm i not sure, and I don't think we'll know. And, and and I think there's value in, you know, in preseason games. Now, here's the thing about preseason games, okay? So let's say it's game one, all right? They're playing Pittsburgh at home, I think, um, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about that. But let's say game one, and Baker starts, Okay. Well, he's going out there with the number one offensive line. You would would expect, right? I mean, you don't want to put him behind a, a weak offensive line with a bunch of rookies against the starting unit of the Steelers. And so, if you do that, um, he's you got to keep those guys in until you're ready to take him out. Now you take him out. Okay, is tra- who's Trask playing against or with? Are they taking out the op- Are they taking out Ryan Jensen? Are they taking out uh, Tristan Wirfs? And so you get a different picture. Who's he throwing to? So then the next week you got to go, okay, and then Kyle's got to start so that he can throw to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, et cetera. Well, in the meantime, Baker could come in playing behind a makeshift offensive line. You might get him hurt. Now, this is the thing. Like, you know, you, you, you wouldn't put, and I'm not, again, I hate to say Tom Brady, or you know, but what team in the NFL that has a quarterback, and most of them do, there's some battles, right? I mean, you could say San Francisco is going to still look at Trey Lance and they'll have to figure mm-hmm. out, you know, where their rookie is. But for the most part. I mean, there's a couple, you know, like, is C.J. Stroud going to start? Or are they going to yeah, s- yeah. slow play him and put Davis Mills in? Right. You know, right. Uh, Carolina's the same Anthony way with Bryce Richardson. Young and Dalton. Yeah. I think, I think Bryce Young will take the first I think reps he will from too. the start. But they could. They could decide to but go. But they could you know potentially what? do that. Yeah. yeah. But I think, I, I think that – I just don't I don't know that you're doing your team a favor. You know, it's it's what I I guess what I'm saying is these things are hard to navigate. They sound good, and then you get into the preseason and you go, okay, how are we doing this exactly? You know? And and so if Baker, if you kind of have a nod to Baker and you're kinda like, Man, you know, I think he's our starter, but we gotta give Kyle a shot here. And then you put Baker in behind a bad offensive line and he gets trucked, what have you just done? Now you now you know who your starter is because you don't have Baker Mayfield and it's Kyle Trask or vice versa. Let's say you really love Kyle and he gets the first reps in the first game and gets knocked out. 
You know, you better like Walford, I guess. But like, it just it these are hard things to do. They sound good, and I guess in today's NFL, I mean, you know, there's not two a days. That's the other thing. There's not as many. There's not as many practices. You know, it, it, there's not as much time to prepare, and that's why I think I think in in New York might be a better picture because you can go. You know, you can put these guys in situations down in distances, goal line, other things. And your quarterback's not going to get hit in practice. And and some of those situations, you know, you can't script the two-minute drill. Sometimes it happens at the end of a half for a guy. Sometimes they don't have the ball, and they don't get that two-minute drive. But you can do it You can do it in, in New York. So I think it's going to go at least through the second game of the Jets, and maybe through all of them. I don't know. But it's, it's, it just, it's a tricky thing to navigate. And what I'm wondering is, will somebody – if he hasn't already, have a, will there be a clear winner? In other words, will we know? You know, I think the players and the coaches probably know, but will we know? And how will we know? Will it be obvious? And, and I'll tell you this, uh, Kyle Trask has improved, and, and, and he would have to, right, because he just, he's never gotten these sort of uh, opportunities and reps with Brady here. And, and he's always been that guy that, you know, grinded away, and was kind of, you know, didn't start in high school, didn't start at college, behind Felipe Frank. But when he got his chance, he ripped it. Maybe he'll do that again. I mean, that that's the upside of Kyle. Like, you you know, maybe that happens again. And I think, I think it'll be competitive for a while. But I, I don't, I can't, if it were me, if I were Todd Bowles, and I were the New York Jets coach who almost drafted Baker Mayfield, and I've liked him that long, and I think he's a really good player. And my butt's on the line. You, boy, you better make – I think Kyle Trask will have to knock it out of the park. I think Baker has to hit a solid double, you know, because of his experience. And I think I think it's Baker's job t- to lose. Um, doesn't mean he's going to be given a job. But with his, ex- his experience in these situations, um, and this is his fourth team since, what, like last July – should help him because he's had to come in. Now, the one thing he had this year that he didn't have when he went to Carolina, when he went to the Rams, he was there for about two out, two days. Um, he never had a training camp like he had this year. He never had an off season to get settled, right? He never had a wingman like Tristan Wirfs just flying around with him everywhere at concerts and, you know, wherever the ball games and lightning games, wherever they've been. So he's, he's able to been able to ingrain himself a little bit in the culture of this football team and in the locker room, and he, he's charismatic as hell. They're different personalities, like crazy. They're they're so different. Um, but but I just I haven't seen one of these competitions in a while, and I'm anxious to see how they run it. All right, I want to jump in with you, Steve, on this running back debate. There's a you know this this big notion now, which is not new, by the way. That gosh almighty, why can't they pay these running backs? It's so unfair to guys. Uh, like Saquon Barkley and others that get franchised. We're going to get into that in just a minute. But first, I want to tell you guys how to save money on your electric bill. It's May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. They've been operating and installing solar electric systems now for 13 years in the area. There's a lot of these companies out there, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee, that's right, guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you also get $750 worth of SERS protection for all your appliances. That's what they're calling 
the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see what they're going to install. They will customize it to your needs. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, so you know who is exactly doing the job. Those are all Billy Mays guys up there hammering out those solar panels. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your appliances through every storm season. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Or you can visit mayelectricsolar.com. All right, so I want to weigh on this running back deal that everybody's been kind of barking about. And, and, and really, it, it surrounds three players that were franchised this year at that position. The Giants, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs with the Raiders, Tony Pollard with the Cowboys. And they each received uh, one-year offers, one-year tenders of just over $10 million, okay? Now, you know, franchise tags just in general were sort of created to to try to keep the best players from leaving via free agency. When they went to a free agent, unrestricted free agent system after four years, um, the NFL owners and the Players Association agreed that, well, you know, could this be a bad thing? Because especially at the quarterback position or any elite player, you know, that might be too much movement. We want, we want some stability for your best players. You know, we want some of the best players to be, have an opportunity to stay with their teams. But in exchange for that, the players association said, well, okay, if you're going to do that, then you have to guarantee that player, the top five average salary of, of, of the top five players at his position. In other words, the average salary, of the top five players at his position. So that's how you come up with the $10 million. If you took the top five earning running backs in the league, the average salary would be just over $10 million, okay? But it's a one-year deal. Now they can franchise you twice. But if you're talking about running backs in general, um, you know, their careers probably, you know, don't, well, don't necessarily, I don't have data in front of me, but they don't necessarily have a career arc of much longer than four years. In other words, it's tough to get a second contract, and certainly a third is almost un, 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 out of the question because it's, it's, a, it's a high contact position, right? Um, running backs do a lot. Uh, they get hit four and five times every time they carry the football. They're involved in the passing game. They're involved in pass protection. Um, it, it is a, it is an unforgiving position. And, and, and of course, you know, back in the day, um, the game was different, you know, it just was, uh, you know, running backs were, a big part of the offense teams ran the football a hell of a lot more than they threw it. You, you know, for a team to throw it 40 and 50 times a game was unheard of. Um, you know, Troy Aikman in a Super Bowl might throw it 25 times, you know, uh, and Joe Montana would win MVPs and throw for under 200 yards, you know, in, in Super Bowls. And so that sort of thing that the game was different, but the rules were different and now it's a passing league. So, People talk about, well, why have running backs become devalued? And and for and this has been going on for some time. But for some reason, this year really struck, and I think I think the reason is, quite, quite frankly, it's because Saquon Barkley plays for the New York Giants. And the media mecca of the world, of course, is New York City. And if you play for the Giants or the Jets, you're going to get a lot of oxygen. Um, and I like Saquon a lot, but he did miss one whole season. Um, when he, I think he tore his ACL. So the guy that um the guy that's really been productive of those of those guys of of the three that I mentioned is Josh Jacobs. I mean, this guy 
led the NFL last year with about 1,600 rushing yards. He's had 4,700 yards and 40 touchdowns uh, in his four years of his career. Barkley's put up 4,200 yards, and he was hurt for most of one season. He's had 29 touchdowns, and he missed all of 2021. And Pollard really has only done it a couple years because he was buried behind Zeke Elliott, another guy that got paid, and then you saw his production go down. Um, there's, there's some free agents that are, that are out there that aren't getting nibbles. Um, I think Dalvin cook probably has the biggest market, uh, but he was released by the Minnesota Vikings to save money after four straight thousand yard seasons. So he's the biggest name free agent running back. Zeke Elliott, I mentioned is out there as well. And, and Leonard Fournette, who we knew, you know, has been here the last few years and last season averaged 3.5 yards a carry, which was not good at all. So and never rushed for a thousand yards with the Bucks. So let's let's break this down. Here's the thing, okay? And and I always start here. And Rich McKay, we talked about this when free agency came about. It's an allocation system, okay? So so you're given, and you you can tweak these things. We know with with you know deferring contracts and extending them, and and you know um, changing the salary cap figures and things like that. But for the most part, you're given a salary cap you know, for all players, all positions. Well, who are you going to pay? And that's what it comes down to, right? How are you going to allocate these resources? If it's a $225 million payroll, what have you. And because of the way the league has evolved, it's pretty simple. It's a passing league. I mean, look at the rule changes, right? Can't hit a quarterback below the knees, above, above the chat, the waistline in the helmet, um, you know, uh, used to be you could take one or two steps and still hit them after the throw. Now it's no steps. Can't land on them. Can't really touch them all that well. Uh, receivers, same thing. You know, no one thought about going over the middle when Ronnie Lott was playing, you know, or John Lynch. Nowadays, you can't hit receivers if they're de- quote-unquote defenseless, right? Um, and so when you when you change rules like that, that favors the passing game and the way we score points is to throw the football. The way we, the way our offense is generally geared is throwing the football. Now you have to pay who the guys that produce in the passing game, the quarterback always first and foremost, um, the wide receivers, you've seen their salaries grow exponentially. They're making $20 million a year, 20 million. They're receivers making 20 million plus a year. And then you see, the guys that protect the quarterbacks, right? Your offensive tackles making a ton of money per year. Oh, and you know who else makes money? People who affect quarterbacks. Your corners that have to cover those receivers, well, they're like, well, yo, this dude, you want me to, you know, it's like the old Ginger Rogers, Fred Astaire thing. Ginger Rogers did everything Fred Astaire did, but backwards and in heels. Well, now you're going to ask the corner to do the same thing. So you're paying this receiver all this money. Guess what? You want me to backpedal and cover him, and I don't know where he's going, so now I want $20 million a year, okay? And it's like, well, yeah, that's pretty important because we got to stop the passing game. How about the edge rushers? How about the guys going to get the quarterback on the ground given the rules that you have and the limited strike zones and all that? So now we're going to pay those guys $25 million. So when you, when you whittle it down, pretty soon you say, what's left, right? What's left for this running back? And it's not that the, the job of running back is easier because it's not. If you're on the field and everybody uses a running back for the most part, sometimes you'll take the running back out and just run five receivers or two tight ends and three receivers, whatever. But for the most part, that guy has to protect. He has to run the ball. He has to catch the ball. 
He's still value, and he's still taking hits. But, Steve, I don't think this is hard to figure out. There, there are three to four running backs on a football team. It is a renewable resource like nobody's business, right? And where this all kind of went sideways for me, um, especially over the last, I don't know, 10 years or so, was when Le'Veon Bell held out in 2018. Because, you know, the Steelers had tagged him. Um, he had had 1,200 yards in back-to-back years. He held out. They drafted James Conner. He had better yards per carry the next year as a rookie. He had 30 total TVs in 13 games. And everybody went, hmm. And Le'Veon didn't play. And then when he, when he did finally play, he signed a huge deal. And he only rushed for 800 yards and was released the next year. Um, and we've seen injuries. Todd Gurley and other people that have, that have you know jumped out there. Great three or four years. They get hurt. And they don't get paid. I don't know why people are standing screaming, thinking that this is somehow new. I mean, we, this has been coming for years now. It used to be wide receivers that complained about their contracts mm-hmm. and not getting paid enough in this. And then the league changed, as you said. It's a quarterback league. Let's protect the quarterbacks at all costs. You can't hit the below the legs. You can't hit the helmet. You, mm-hmm. you, it hits, all this stuff. And then the receivers. You can't go light them up across the secondaries like you used to. So now you're able to get chunk yards a lot bigger. And so now the receivers are getting paid, as well as the quarterbacks, of course. And the fact of the matter is, when you have a salary cap, that means there's a limited amount of money, in theory. There's ways to kick it down the road. But there's a limited amount of money. If you start paying this position and this position more, then somebody's got to get less. Mm -hmm. And you're paying your offensive line, which, quite frankly, a lot of teams just feel, if we have a good offensive line, it doesn't matter what running back we put back there. That's true. And so I'll invest in the offensive line instead to protect my quarterback, my biggest investment. Mm-hmm. And if they block well enough, anybody can run through. Maybe maybe this one running back could get a few more yards here and there and maybe in one or two more breakout plays. But for an extra four, five, six, eight, ten million, no. I'll, I'll take whoever I've got back there. And, yeah. you know, this is part of the CBA, essentially. As yeah, other positions are going up. I mean, quite frankly, every other position's franchise tax value is going up except running backs. That's correct. Which is why you don't hear the league complaining. You don't hear the players' union complaining that loud. Because no. most people are pretty content. The running back position isn't. Right. And, you know, their value has been devalued. And, you know, but we've also seen most running backs, when they get to that big contract, they don't perform either. Well, and let's consider their age too, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you come out, let's say you come out, you're 22 years old, and you play four seasons, right? You're 26. And now you've got, okay, you've been, you've been running the ball since you were 10 years old, <laughs> okay? So, you, you know, whatever you in, in, encountered in youth league, high schools, college, right? A lot of mileage before you get to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to subject you to guys who run four, three, fours at 250 pounds, chasing you down and you're getting hit four and five times so after four years of that even if you're productive at a thousand yards a season right so you're tw- now you're 26 okay and i'm going to then sign you to a long-term deal well history shows and we can show you the, de- the decrease in productivity in general most nfl players regardless of position don't become less injured and more productive as they as they get older that's just not the curve that happens in the NFL. There's a few freaks out there, and there's a couple on this team. One of them is Mike Evans. 
who's been consistent as hell and he's going into his 10th year. But for the most part, guys start missing games and losing their production after they've played for a while. The longer they play and the older they get. So I'm going to take a running back who's already got, I don't know, 5,000 yards or 6,000 yards, whatever it's been, uh, under his belt, and he's going to be 26 years old. I'm going to sign him to what? A four-year deal? Well, he's by the time he gets to 30, there's nothing left of this guy. So it's hard for me to you know, to invest that kind of money. And the NFL is full of examples. Tony, Tony Pollard was one. You know, they paid Zeke Elliott a ton of money. When Tony got hurt or when um, Zeke got hurt and Pollard played, he was better. You know, maybe it was fresh legs, maybe whatever. But the fact of the matter is they got to the point with Zeke where they're like, yo, you're not an $11 and $12 million running back. That's why there's guys like that out there today. I mean, Dalvin Cook, I think, probably has the best uh, opportunity to go play somewhere. But he would have signed if the, that money was where he wanted it to be. He would have already signed with somebody. Um, I don't think he's staying out of camp because he doesn't want to play football. So I think he's waiting just, to see if there's an injury. I, I do too. And then and, and know, that, someone and that might need but, to pay. Absolutely. If, if a contending team, let's say, and that might be Elliott's approach as well. You know, um, and Leonard Fournette's, you know, I, I talked to Fournette after they released him and he goes, I wanted, I asked him for my release and I'm thinking, well, that was a dumb thing to do. If in fact they were going to keep you because they just signed him to a three year, $21 million deal and guaranteed him $12 million. Well, you know, $12 million over, over two years, you know, is 6 million a year. I will bet you anything. He's not going to sniff 6 million a year, whoever he signs with. He'll be lucky to get between three and $4 million. I believe that. And and I think that's true of a lot of these running backs that are out there right now. Um, but their problem is not with the not with the league. Their problem is with the union. Mm-hmm. You know, it, and and here's the only reasonable thing I've heard, and I don't think I don't think the owners would ever agree to this. And why should they? Uh, is that you could say, well, running back is unique and it's 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 demands physically, et cetera. So therefore, we're going to say this about running backs. They can reach free agency after three seasons. Well, tell a wide receiver that they're hitting him any any less out there and that, that the running backs are now going to get the free agency after three years and he's got to play four or five if they drafted him in the first round. That's not going to fly with the other players. Tell your tight ends on the line of scrimmage aren't getting hit. Right, right. Or the offensive lineman on every yeah. play. Like, that's just, you know, it's going to be like, mm, you look, look, man, I wish, you know, maybe if you were taller or you weighed 300 pounds or you didn't run as fast, you could be a play a different position. Or maybe you should have played defense. I don't know. But, like, that's what you are. You're a running back, right? Nobody, nobody forced you to play that position. Nobody forced you to play the game. I, I get the, the frustration with the elite guys. I do. I, I think there are special players. I think Saquon Barkley is a special player. You know, he he's got some Barry Sanders to him. He's got and look at Daniel Jones' stats when he's in when he's playing oh, and when he's not. Yeah, it's not and, and, and that's the thing too. You know, what is your situation, right? Like um, you know, when Tennessee, who, you know, had Arthur Smith for years and generally wants to run the football, well they they can pay King Henry. You know what I mean? Because that's their offense. They're not looking for Ryan Tannehill to throw it fifty times a game. So, okay, if there's a few of those teams out there, if you're going to build your team around that guy and go with a lesser quarter, although Daniel Jones is now making $40 million a year, um, but if you're going to go with it that way, and few teams do, then okay. But, but 
that's not the way teams are built today, and nor should they be because the rules doesn't favor it. But again, you're not you're going to have to go to your union. The worst thing I heard, and I don't, I'm not trying to be the crotchety old man here, but like, you know, I like Ryan Clark. In fact, I think he's one of the best. You know, and he's won Emmys. He's one of the best uh, mm-hmm. analysts in the NFL and ESPN. But he said something the other day that, well, you know, what the running backs should do is just get together and have a sit-in. In other words, go to camp and then say, ah, my hamstring hurts. My quad is tight. And just refuse to play because you you say you're injured. And then that way you're not getting fined. You're getting your franchise tender, but you're making it clear to them that, yeah, you're not going to get me on the field, but I'm not. I'm just going to come in here and get paid. If you're not going to give me a long-term deal, I'll come in here and fraudulently collect my paycheck. I don't think that dog's going to hunt, man. I, I don't like that. That's not a thing you want to be known for in the NFL. If anything, they push you out there too much when you're injured, you know, they, but there will be a guy tomorrow. That's the thing. There's three or four of these guys on every team. You made a good point. You're like, well, kickers are making $3 million. And I would just say this, that, well, <clears throat> that's true, but there's 32 of those jobs and you have to hit about 90% of your, your field goal attempts to get one. Okay, so, yeah, are there a lot of kickers out there? Yeah, there's bushels of them. How many of them can reach that threshold? Not that many. I mean, Tampa, we know that here in Tampa as much as anyone. It's, it's not that many that can do what, what you're asking these guys to do. It used to be 75% was the league average. Hell, now it's in the mid-80s or upper 80s. Um, and the best kickers kick 90%. So... There's only one per team, you know, and that's why I, I just, I don't think it's going to change unless the league somehow the pendulum swings back and suddenly running backs are, are how teams are attacking teams. And I mean, you'll see some of that because teams put, you know, extra defensive backs on the field and they get seven man fronts and then encourage you to run the ball and certain teams will try to play that style if they have a really good defense, but it's hard to do because in today's game, you got to score you know, 28, 30 points a game if you want to win. And, um, but this, this thing has really, and again, I think it's because New York of Saquon, mm-hmm. um, Jacobs having led the league. I mean, there's some good running backs that didn't get long-term deals, but I can't fault a team for not giving guys long-term deals. Um, now would it bother me if the Giants said, here you go, Saquon wouldn't bother me. I think he's earned it. But at the end of the day, I would be worried for the for the New York Giants because he missed a year already and he takes a lot of hits. And, you know, not many running backs have had that sort of... Is, there's not many Emmett Smiths left out there. There's not many, you know, uh, guys that played that many years at the running back position and still were productive. You know, it's, t- it's tough on you. And, but it's, boy, it's been, a, it's been such a big thing in the news in the, in the NFL world that it's kind of surprised me a little bit. Well, it's because it's, it's, you had several hit at once. Yes, there's, there's that's the, it. There's three guys at once that this happened. Mm-hmm. It's not one guy. And special guys, too, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know. And in New York, that's a big part of it. I mean, the mm-hmm. Giants, you know, ESPN loves New York, so. Oh, yeah. Ratings, baby. You know, but you brought up a point, you know, could they running backs get three-year contracts? The owners would never agree to that. No. And and the only way they would is what are you giving up as a concession as players to get that? When And I and you're and talking I just a handful of players that would yeah. benefit from this. There's no I way the union would even go for it. It's it's why you're not hearing the rest of the the league really complain about it. No. It's yeah, it's it's just the players that play that position because you know, you're just you're just not going to say 
hey, um, I'm a wide receiver and I think it's perfectly fine. <laughs> you know, like, you know, wait a minute, that guy gets to make free agency before I do. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Yep. Tell Chris Godwin he's in less danger. Okay, Chris Godwin, one of the brightest young receivers we've seen come through here, blows out three knee ligaments. Now, I can appreciate he came back and had 1,000 yards and all caught 100 balls and all that. Remarkable, gutty guy. And he should be better this year, a year away from that injury. But you know what? Chris Godwin is beat the hell up. And I'm glad he got his contract even though he was hurt. He basically got a three-year deal for $20 million a year, but they guaranteed 40 so that's a two-year, $20, $20 million a year deal. If you really think about it, they can walk away after this season. So I'm glad he got his money, but tell him that it's okay if somebody else reaches free agency a year sooner. <laughs> really? What, I'm not in danger? So that's, that's just the way it goes. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, we'll have a lot of football talk, obviously, throughout the whole season, which the Bucks training camp begins today with the reporting date of the full squad. We'll talk to uh, Jason Light, Todd Bowles, some assorted players. Check it out on TampaBay.com, Tampa Bay Times. And the Rays are back in action, licking their wounds after the three losses in four days to the Baltimore Orioles. They take on the Miami Marlins at, time, at, uh, at Tropicana Field, and we'll see if they can um, sort of right the ship before they go on this long nine-game road trip that they got coming up here in just a bit. So we'll be back again tomorrow. It is football season. Come on, people. Let's get it. Let's get going. Got lots to talk about. We'll get some more mailbag questions this week as well. Thanks for listening. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 